Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm really sorry if my face is not very clear this morning. My normal light that I use when I'm doing uh, my preaching, it's not working. So it's left me with uh, using a very small light in order to be able to uh, do the work. Hallelujah. But God is good. God is good. So we, we, we will uh, soldier on with what the Lord has provided us. Amen. Amen. Let us, let us start. And praise the name of the Lord God Almighty. For he is good and he is worthy to be praised. Father, we worship you because you are good and your mercy endureth forever. We lift up your holy name and we exalt you, O Lord my God. In everything that you do for us, Father, we exalt you for bringing us together even this day that we may worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, we worship you. We praise you because you are worthy to be praised, to be adored, to be magnified, and to be exalted. We say, hallelujah, Lord God, you are good. In every situation, let this word that we're about to hear fill our heart, fill our spirit, and fill our soul. Because you are worthy of your blessing unto us through your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let not one word go amiss, but let us grow in the power of this word that we hear today. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God. Amen. Let everyone say amen. Now, I don't know if you've done it, but slap someone in the church or in the house and say, I am happy to be in the presence of the Lord. I am happy that the Lord God Almighty is with me today. Hallelujah. So we worship him this morning for his goodness and for his mercy. Hallelujah. What do we talk about? And the most, the most important thing that we talk about is the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Again, the grace of the Lord. That's what we've been preaching. And that's what we, we, we've decided that we want to we want, we want to preach because it's a vast subject. Someone will say, I'm tired of hearing about the grace. It is because of the grace that we've been called. And we must understand grace is not simple. It's not simple. It is extremely complex in the way that we should, in understanding of it and, and in operating in it. It's not simplified. We can try and turn and move to uh, simplicity in, in our worship, but to worship in the grace is not simplified. It's extremely complex. And you can see the reason why the Lord God Almighty 
chose that we should worship him through the grace. Hallelujah. And so uh, as we are going through it and repetitions do come, every single repetition that you hear has got a point. It is not repetition for repetition's sake. It is repetition that has got a point that we have to adhere to. Hallelujah. So it is a repetition that we need to be able to understand the grace that we are trying to learn. And that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to learn the grace. Hallelujah. Why the grace? Let me tell you something that I sat with the elders of the uh, church in Ghana and I was explaining the grace to them yesterday and different aspects of the grace. And this was what the Holy Spirit brought out as we were speaking. He says, the grace is coming into the place where the blood of Jesus Christ washes over you nonstop. Okay? You actually read about the uh, Samarian woman when she met Jesus Christ. It's, and Jesus told her, if you know the person whom you are speaking to, you will fetch me some water and I will make sure that rivers of living water will flow through you so that you will not thirst anymore. That is the meaning of that grace. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. It washes over us constantly when you are under the grace. But there is a point where you can come away from the grace. And that is what we need to watch out for. Hallelujah. We are Christians. But as we go through uh, Matthew chapter 5, the Lord Jesus Christ clearly tells us that those who would like to be judged according to the law, he will not deny them that choice that they have made. You will be judged according to the law. But where you know you are going to make a mistake by calling someone Riker or thou fool, then you know that your place is in the grave. Hallelujah. Because you are going to tell someone you fool. And I realize as I stand here, driving in Ghana is not easy. Someone will cross you. And as you are preparing for your change, words will come out of your mouth. And you fool is one of them. And it is said in the Ghanaian language. And it sometimes it just bursts out. I know I'm supposed to be perfecting myself. But sometimes out of the blue, it will just burst out because of some very, very bad driving by someone. And if you will think that saying you fool can condemn you to hell, 
then you do need the grace in order that you will be protected. The Bible clearly tells us that the day that Adam and Eve ate that fruit was the day that our flesh became sin. So it is not a matter of you abstaining from sin. Your flesh is already sin. That is the reason why Jesus Christ had to be born in a different way. Hallelujah. So that sin will not be in him. So, for that reason, me and you, the way that we've been born means we are born directly into sin already. It's not something that's going to be foisted over us. It is something that is, we are born with it. So there is no hiding from it. So we need the constant washing of the blood of Jesus Christ, the grace, in order to make it into heaven. Now, last week, we read Romans. But this week, I want to show you something. Let us go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Hallelujah. Now, I want to start reading from the um, verse 31. He says, the work from the beginning to 31 is very re relevant to what I'm going to say. And so when you get a chance, read that part. He says, when the Son of Man shall come, in his glory and all the holy angels with him then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats to the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. 
for I was unhungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and, and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick? In the or in prison and came unto thee, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left, left hand, depart from me, ye cast into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels, for I am for I was unhungered, and ye gave me not meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhanged, or athirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick? or in prison, and did not minister unto thee. I want you to underline that word, minister, because that's what it is all about, minister. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did not, ye, that ye did it not to one of the Leaves of these. I want you to under, underline that word, leaves. Okay? Underline that word, leaves of these. Ye did it not to me, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment by the righteous into life. Eternal. Hallelujah. I want, I want you to begin to understand what we have just read. Because what we have just read derives from the point of the grace. Hallelujah. So the Son of Man 
our Lord Jesus Christ is coming. And he separates the sheep and the goats. The first thing that you're going to say, who are the sheep and who are the goats? The sheep are the ones who follow after our Lord Jesus Christ and him only. Who understand his word and walk and act upon his word, act upon his grace. Are we talking about Jesus Christ? We are not talking about, yes, we, we care for the prophets who are beforehand. We believe in what they have said because everything that the prophets have said came from God. And we are servants of the most high God. And therefore every instruction that the most high God does, gives us, we obey. And therefore the prophets are prophets unto us also, okay? But the Lord sent his only begotten son that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Therefore, what the son, whom the son sets free is free indeed, is whom the son sets free. And me and you, we are being set free by the son. Even though the prophets have been. Therefore, we need to understand what the son is telling us and walk according to what the son is saying. When we do not value what the son is saying, it means that we do not value where we have been brought out of. And what is the, what should I say, is the meaning of the son to us. The meaning of the son to us is that he came to give us grace by which we should call him Abba Father. Hallelujah. It is through the grace that me and you, we can call him Abba Father and not by anything else. Yes, the prophets have been. And Jesus Christ said, I have not come to do away with the prophets. And every word that the prophets did say stands. Every law that the prophets did give us stands. But you, my people, you are coming under me through my grace. And that's the reason why we have to now see the grace of the living God as the only way. The Bible writer says, let those who would disrespect or disregard the message of the grace, let them be accursed. So the following of the grace is extremely important for a Christian. Hallelujah. So because, listen to what Paul is saying, say, let those who will despise the teaching of the grace, let them be accursed. Hallelujah. So the grace is not something that we play with. The, the grace is where our home is. Now, we are looking at 
the good shepherd coming in, separating the sheep from the goats. When we begin to hear, when we begin to hear this, there is a meaning that is completely laid before us. If you know what to expect, hallelujah. If you know what to expect, the shepherd comes in and he separates the sheep from the goats. Who are the sheep? The ones that he has called through his grace or the ones who will operate truly under the grace. Who are the goats? The ones who will not operate under him. So right now, let us begin to talk about the sheep. Jesus Christ is the shepherd. And Jesus Christ himself is the lamb of God. Hallelujah. And as he is the lamb of God, and he is the shepherd of the sheep, that means when you are worshiping Lord God Almighty through Jesus Christ, you are a sheep. Okay? So who are the goats? Now, the occult, the occult main symbol is the goat. You will find out that the meaning of witchcraft or the symbols that witchcrafts use to worship their own God is a goat in the center of a pentagon, a star. A star, you know, the star of David, it's a different star. It's not the star of David, but it looks like the star of David. But there is a goat in it, and the goat's horn are the tips of two of the stars, or of one of the stars, I don't know, but that's what it is. There are pictures of it. So the star is there and the goat is in the middle and the goat is drawn and the star is drawn around the goat. Okay. And the, these, the people who worship through this, they are the goats. So it is literal. What we are reading here, it is very, very literal. So there are people who worship the Lord Jesus Christ, worship God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is when they, when they, when they worship, they have nothing else but Jesus Christ in mind and what Jesus Christ came to do and how, how he has taught us for now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You read that last week. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So when we come to Christ, now there is no condemnation. But where does condemnation come? 
Condemnation still comes when we depart from the grace and we begin to observe the law and begin to say with our mouth, I, I appreciate the law and the law is everything to me. When you begin to talk about the law and you begin to walk in the law, then the law is what is going to be applied to you. However, if you are under the grace, then the precepts of the grace covers you from the head of your toes with the constants pouring over your life of the blood of Jesus Christ from the head, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. It is a constant pouring. Once you are under the grace, it is not something you deserve. It is not something you are merited. It's not something you have done yourself. It is given to you free of charge. Hallelujah. Now, as we talk about, as we've spoken about the, the sheep and the goats, let us continue. And he says, he gives us precepts as to the reason why he has chosen them, the ones whom he has chosen. And he gives them some precepts. Hallelujah. So let's take a look at the precepts that he's given them. Okay. So he says, the king shall say unto them on the right hand, come ye, blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhanged, and he gave there, you gave me meat. Shall we do some running around here? I was unhanged, and you gave me meat. Now, let us go to Matthew chapter 4. And we are going back to our verse 4, Matthew chapter 4, something that we know very well. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. Don't know why my tablet is not highlighted. And he says, but it is written. But he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Hallelujah. Man must not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So I was unhanged and you fed me. What is the Lord trying to say here? There are people who are hungry for the word of God. How do you spot someone who is hungry for that word of God? Well, if you will get off your high horse and your self-righteousness, you will begin to see people who are hungry. How are they hungry? They are hungry because their lifestyle depicts hunger from the word. And such people, you do not judge them 
Why? Because when you judge them, you shall also be judged. I've told you, I've not told you about that dream that I had. When I was telling you, I think I, I think I was trying to tell you last week, but I didn't quite do it. Here I see a man, and I see this man as the most wicked man ever because of some things that he has done or something that I saw him doing. And I was enraged by what this man was doing. And I began to shout and scream and rave. How can you do this? How possible can you do this? You, this man, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I rave. Hallelujah. And as I was doing that, the man turned around. I was judging the man. The man turned around. And guess who I saw? I saw my own face. I saw that this man that was standing there was me. After judging me, after, after virtually condemning this man, I realized that this person that I was, because of what he was doing, I was judging him, I was condemning him. He turned around and I saw my face. I realized that it was me. Because when he was doing what he was doing, I was only looking from the background. I did not see his face. But the moment... He turned around to face me. I saw my own face. And that's what the Holy Spirit told me. Would you have judged him? If you knew the man that was standing there was you. Then I began to shake. Then I was very remorseful with myself. There are people that you will meet. They don't need condemnation from you. Nobody needs condemnation because condemnation is something that is done not by people of God, but by Satan. Why? We are still reading what we are reading, and the explanation is going to come. Don't let me don't let me jump beforehand. Hallelujah. Why does the person need? Because when someone is unhanged, and the Lord tells you that this person is unhanged, it is you that as not as a judge. But as a sympathizer of that person, begin to feed this person the bread of life. That will quench his hunger. But for the grace of God, what that person is doing, you will be in that person's place. Don't say, I am holy. And therefore, I am above that station of what that person is doing. 
because nobody is perfect. The Bible tells us that he that thinks he's standing, let him be careful, least he falls. But the Lord Jesus Christ is saying that I was hungry and you fed me. Why is this person hungry? Their behavior is due to the fact that there is something missing in them that pertains to God. But here, many times, we do not see that because ourselves, our egos are in the way. We only see people as sinners and people who don't uh, belong to our club. But the Lord Jesus Christ sees them differently. He judges them differently. And he says, I do not judge. This is the Lord Jesus Christ saying. He's the one that's supposed to be the judge. He says, I do not judge. Why? Because that person down there, like, that, like this person turned around and it was my face. Hallelujah. It was my face. And I was shocked. Would I have judged me the way that I did? If I knew it was me that was doing that, no. No. I would have sat down with me and I would have I would have comforted me because there is something that comes in when there is sin. The first thing is self-hatred. The second is remorse. The third is regrets. The fourth is depression, stress, and anxiety. And when these things come in, you know that the person who is or who is committing that same thing over and over again? Is it repenting? I will not say it is repenting. That's make repentance that's making them feel that. But there is a different condition. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us here. Hallelujah. So he says. Let me go back, go back to my Matthew 25. Hallelujah. So it says, for I was unhanged and ye gave me meat. I was not sure of myself. I was regretting and you came and sat with me. 
And you, as a man of God, as a woman of God, did not look at my affliction or my weakness, but you sat with me and you said, God is with you. Everything is going to be all right. Your circumstances are going to change. Don't give up on God. Trust in him. Love him. Continue the way that you are going on. And everything is going to be okay in your life. You are going to come out of this situation that is hurting you spiritually and physically. So that is the giving of the meats. Okay? So I was hungry. And you gave me meat. Hallelujah. I was thirsty. And ye gave me drink. Hallelujah. The people are thirsting for righteousness. And there is no way you can give a person righteousness. Unless you introduce that person to the grace of God, which is becoming, which is going to become their righteousness rather than their weak estates. They are thirsting for righteousness. What are you going to do? Tell them. Go there by yourself. Repent. And then they've been trying to repent for many years. They are not doing it. It's not working. And there is a reason for that. As we continue, you will find out. So right now, what do you do at the beginning when they are thirsting for righteousness? Hallelujah. The first thing then has to be satisfied with a different form of righteousness. And that righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ rather than an individual righteousness. My righteousness concerning myself is insufficient because no matter how much I try to be righteous, I end up calling someone Raka, or you fool. And you know, you may say, but that's light. No. That Jesus Christ clearly tells us, saying you fool will send you into hellfire. So it's not a matter of if you do the worst nasty things or saying you fool, all of it will end you in hellfire. So how do I stop saying you fool? It is not my righteousness. But I have to begin to believe in the righteousness. Again, I have to begin to believe in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and only in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
not any other righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So he says, I was a stranger and you took me in. You know, <coughs> that one is extremely self-explanatory. Because that person is not me, I feel I am in position to describe and to, um, you know, talk and say anything because I just saw them a few minutes ago pickpocketing someone. I just saw them a few minutes ago coming out of a woman's room. I just saw them a few minutes ago. But you saw them 10 minutes ago. Do you know what the Lord God has done for them right now? Just a few seconds ago, you saw them 10 minutes ago. It's only 10 minutes ago. But you do not know what the Lord has done for them this precise last second. In that he has forgiven them their sin. And if the Lord God has forgiven them their sin, how dare you? To lord their sin over them. What does that make you? It makes you the Antichrist. There are things that we take for granted and we take lightly. But the effects of it is not light at all. Because the moment that someone has done something, oh, it's only 10 minutes. But within that 10 minutes, the Lord has forgiven them. The Lord has counseled them. The Lord has changed whatever they did. But here you are, the perfect Christian, and you are casting them. The reason why I'm saying this is because I do it myself. Hallelujah. So as I preach to you, I'm preaching to myself. So within that short time, you have totally Judge that person and place them in hell. Someone that the Lord himself has freed, has blessed, and has changed your life's circumstances. You are here and you are forcing them back into hell. Wow. Wow, we need to watch what we do. So he is a stranger. And because it is not you, because if it was you, you wouldn't be doing that. You would be asking for people to give you time. But you have not given this person time. You automatically judge them. Hallelujah. So he's a stranger. What do you do? You take them in, regardless of what they are doing. 
You don't go around and say, oh, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> Stop it now. No. Again, you take them in and you give them. Hallelujah. You show them the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. The person done something a few minutes ago, realized that you've caught him doing something nasty and they are feeling remorseful. They are feeling they are feeling uh, dismayed. They are feeling worse with themselves. They are feeling disgraced. They are feeling rejected within themselves. It's not you rejecting them in themselves. They are rejecting themselves. They are, you, they are a stranger. But when you saw them, you loved them. Regardless, you are seeing where a man, Jesus Christ has been invited into a place. And this woman who is known to be a prostitute comes in with an alabaster box of oil. You have to ask yourself, why does this woman want to go into the presence of a very, very high being, perfect and pure? And that is because when the Lord Jesus Christ saw her, he did not reject her. Regardless of what she is, when she saw the Samarian woman, she said, no. The man that you are living with is not your husband. But, and, but he did not go on to say, therefore you are a sin, a sinner. Therefore repent right now. Otherwise, when I come, I am taking you to hell. But no, he says, no, I want living waters to flow through you. So even though the woman knew she was a sinner, the presence of the Lord took away all the nasty things and the depression that you will get when you go into this sin. So instead of that depression, instead of that awkwardness, instead of that regret, instead of that lack of peace of mind, instead of all these nasty things that accompany sin, the mere presence of Jesus Christ made them feel welcome, made them feel loved, made them feel needed, and made them feel there is hope for their weakness. And so they loved the Lord. Before Jesus Christ, there were priests who were there. And as this woman visited Simon's house, you can see that he was not going to give her mind or look at her because Simon turns around and said, if this man is holy as he says, he will know the type of woman that is kneeling before him. He said it in his mind, but the Lord Jesus Christ reads minds. And he says, Simon, I came into your heart. You did not give me water to wash my feet. You did not give me towel to dry my feet. 
But this woman, whom you are talking about, she has washed my feet with her tears. She has dried my feet with her tears. For whom much is forgiven, that same person, they show much love. Paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. So when you are standing and you automatically, that stranger has come and you want to make that stranger feel strange and not accept that stranger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can see why such a woman will love Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ did not see her for her sin. He saw her and laughed. Even though she is a stranger unto him. So we continue. He says, when we saw the a stranger, you took us in. When we were naked, you clothed us. Oh, that is a powerful one. When we were naked, you clothed us. What is the Lord talking about here? Babiting. Babiters. He's done this. She's done that. She's done that. She's done this. She's done that. Forgetting that we are not of that cloth. When you saw the weakness of someone, what did you do? Did you keep your mouth quiet? And still, Love that person with the love of the Lord? Or did you go out and tell everybody? There is responsibility under the grace. And the way that we should behave in the grace. The moment that you see someone's nakedness or someone's weakness or someone's Compromise. You as a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ covers their compromise. You do not begin to be the loudest speaker you can be. Hallelujah. You do not become the loudest speaker, but you begin to worship God for that person. You worship God. You trust God for that person. You cover their nakedness. Even if people are beginning to talk about it, you cover their nakedness. I will tell you the story about, I cannot have got much time, but I'll tell you the story about the children of Noah when one went in 
and saw their father's nakedness. And then he decided to do what? Go out and blurt it out to his brothers. Our father, yet yeah, there is the drunkard, drunk and naked in the room. And the brothers began to be clever, taking a cloth, going backwards, not looking onto their father's nakedness, walking backwards and covering their father's nakedness. In the end, Ham was cursed. His descendants cursed. And the brothers who covered their father's nakedness received blessing. The moment that you uncover someone's nakedness, there is a curse with it. In case you don't know, let me tell you right now. Hallelujah. Because the moment that person realized that you have uncovered this naked, they, they can also, I'm saying, when someone uncovered your naked, nakedness, let me tell you something. Don't curse them. Please stay away from that. Because that is a way that Satan wants to take you away from the presence of the safety of the grace of God and bring you into the law so that he can afflict your life. So don't fall for debate. They may, they may uncover your nakedness, but don't curse them. Love God all the same. But woe unto the ones who are uncovering people's nakedness. When someone you close your ear. Hallelujah. And what did they do? Went backwards and they covered the nakedness of Noah, their father. Praise God. For he is good. For the God, our Lord and our God. Is good and his mercy and forever. Let me continue because I'm really running very, very fast. Hallelujah. He says, when we, when, when you saw the sick, or in prison, and you came and this and came unto thee. Hallelujah. Now, sickness, prison. The sickness comes before the prison. Number one, many of us are sick. Not because we are sick, but it's because we have inherited things from the past of our parents, of our foreparents that still afflict us today, making us sick, making us weak, 
in spirits. And these things have imprisoned us. Hallelujah. Did you understand what I just said? There are situations from your past, not your present past, but your previous past, like your parents' past and your parents' parents' past that are afflicting us today. To the layman, that's how you are. I need to bring in the story of our forefather, Judah. And how for generations, his children were constantly in anger. Constantly in anger because of what their father Judah did. That anger that rose up in Judah just continued over his children. And then you will see that that tribe, they have a characteristic with anger, that tribe of Judah. Because every time that you will see that form of anger, it is coming from that tribe of Judah, based upon what Judah did to protect his sister's dignity. And so there are many people who have been imprisoned because of their past. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And so when we begin to see people, we have to begin to know that the way that they are, many times it is not coming from them, but it is coming from an imprisonment, a spiritual imprisonment which they have been imprisoned with. We have to begin to open our eyes and not just play the simplistic rule of the things which affect humanity. But Christ knows this. And Christ is calling on us that where you falter, I am supposed to stand in for you and supposed to be your backer. Where I falter, you are supposed to stand in for me and you are supposed to back me up until we can all come out of the entrapment that we have been entrapped with. So when I was in prison, imprisoned by the past, my past, my parents' past, the past of others. You did not see my weakness. When I was sick, you did not see my sickness as being contagious. Therefore, you need not come near me. Otherwise, you will catch the same form of sickness. But you still came to me with the love of God to give me encouragement at my low estate. And told me 
Your God is great. Your God is not going to leave you. Neither is he going to forsake you. But he is going to work on your healing until you are fully healed. He is going to work on this prison until like Peter, the gates of the prison will open up automatically and you will be able to free yourself. So don't feel discouraged. Don't feel disturbed. Don't feel trodden on. Don't feel rejected. Don't feel any form of dismay. For your Lord, your God is with you. He will not leave you. With his rod and his staff, he will comfort you. And he will give you a future. And he will give you a hope. Stay in there. When someone is in prison, this is not the time that we stand and we gloat. Finally, they've caught him. Finally, finally, they've caught him. Why? Because I have not been caught yet. But then, they've caught him. And that has been the nature of man and even nature of some certain set of Christians. But we are under the grace right now. And the Lord is calling us to behave in a different way. <clears throat> we are not the goats. We are the sheep. And the sheep knows his master's voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So if you know your master's voice, what is your master telling you to do? Your master is telling you to be like he was. Prostitutes used to visit him because they were receiving comfort from him. They were receiving love from him. Where everybody else was rejecting them, he did not see their sin, but he saw their love. We serve a living God. We will not leave us nor forsake us. No matter where we are in life. Hey, me, Pastor Greg, personally, moved by human emotion, I may see you and I may behave like the goat. But if I do, please forgive me. But my desire is to behave like the sheep. A sheep that follows the shepherd. A sheep that waits for the leading of the shepherd so that he will lead me 
into green pastures. He will lead me beside the still waters. He will restore my soul. He will lead me in the path of his righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yet though, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with me. His rod and his staff, they are designed to comfort me so that in the end, no matter what my circumstances are, my enemies will see that what they wished for my life to be useless, to be empty, to be relentless, to be poor, to be broken, that is not what is going to happen to my life. But the blessing of the Most High God will not forsake or reject my life. Yes, <clears throat> there have been situations, situational teachings from the Bible that tells us do this, do that, do this. But the real heart of the Lord Jesus Christ is what we observe as Christians. When we see what the Lord Jesus Christ was doing, that is our calling to life. Hallelujah. He leaves us in the of his righteousness. He is leading me in the path of his righteousness. Not my own righteousness, but his righteousness. He leads me. Therefore, I have to follow his righteousness. I do not follow my righteousness because my righteousness is a fake. I cannot sit around and say that my righteousness is the right righteousness. No, my, my own personal righteousness is a fake. Why? Because I am human. But the humanity does not cause me to choose my righteousness over the righteousness of my Lord Jesus Christ. My Lord Jesus Christ's righteousness is the goal for my life. If I forsake the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am finished. But when I enthrone the righteousness of my Lord Jesus Christ, that is when, when I see a prostitute, I will give them water. I will love them. I will love them just like I love everybody else. I will throw my arms around them and I'll say good morning and I'll tell them, you know something? The Lord loves you. 
He will not forsake you. He will not let you go. He is the lover in your heart. Hang in there. Hang in there no matter what circumstances are. Hang in there. Things will turn around for your good. Yet though you walk in the valley of the shadow of death, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because your Lord, your God, he loves you more than you can understand. He loves you more than you will ever know. And his will for your life is the perfection that you are looking for in your life. He will bring it to pass in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Before I go, before I finish and I go.